I cannot tell you the shame, the feelings of shame and worthlessness that I felt in that time in my life. I just never thought that I would be able to please the Lord, able to please my family, anybody. I just never thought I would be able to recover from that. And the Lord met me in that moment and he was like, I'm going to make you brand new. And I surrendered. That was the moment that I surrendered my life to God. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast hosts. We are so excited today to bring you a story from our brand new community, Trustful, which is a suburb of Birmingham, if you're not familiar. And this was their very first gathering, and Lindy and I actually got to be there. So we now have two weeks in a row where one of us got to be in the room with <laughs> I love it. It's so exciting. And I'm so glad that y'all were able to be in the room and to hear chapel in person. Her story is powerful in that it just tells you that God never wants you to stay stuck in your shame or feelings of unworthiness. But honestly, I feel like there are so many layers to her story as well. I completely agree. Chapel, it was so good to be back in the room with a live gathering. And I'm so excited that Amy Grody this Friday Mm -hmm. has chapel on Story Within the Story, where she is asking even more questions about everything that Chapel walked through and what the Lord has done since then. You don't want to miss it. So if you're not a member of Patreon, just scroll right down to our show notes and you can click on the link. Patreon is simply a community of Storytellers Live listeners, and you get more content and you can support our ministry. So go check it out. We are so thankful for our two legacy sponsors for the Stories of Hope luncheon that is coming up March 15th. The first is King Cotton Fabrics. King Cotton is a family-owned fabric store that has been in business over 55 years with locations in Birmingham and Montgomery. Not only does King Cotton have beautiful fabrics for all your drapery and upholstery needs, they also offer hardware, trim, other resources to make custom pillows and headboards, and furniture for your home. Personally use them in several decorating projects, and I cannot tell you how incredible their customer service is. So check them out. Their website is kingcottonfabrics.com, and we have tagged them below in our show notes. So don't forget they have locations in Birmingham and Montgomery. Thank you, King Cotton Fabrics. Also, I want to thank SBH Jewelry, who is also a legacy sponsor, Sarah Beth Hagler brings her beautiful taste to her business of exquisite estate jewelry, beautiful rings, bracelets, pendants, anything that you might need for a special Mother's Day gift or graduation gift. SBH Jewelry is only on Instagram, so check out at SBH Jewelry to get in touch with Sarah Beth Hagler and see the beautiful pieces of jewelry that she offers. So again, thank you, King Cotton Fabrics and SBH Jewelry. And here's Chapel. Well, I'm Chapel. And for those of you that I didn't get to meet, we'd love to meet you after this. Thank y'all for being here. And I was so excited when they asked me to share my story. And I was like, yes, I want to do it. I have a story. I have a story I want to tell because I don't do this. Like when on my Instagram, it's very much like I use that for like shopping, finding the finds, sharing the home decor, sharing the tips and tricks things I'm working on, DIY, all that stuff. I don't tell my story very often. So when they asked me, I was like, yes, I've never told, really told it. I actually spoke recently at a Baby Steps Gala, and that was probably the first time I've ever really told, you know, in a public way, my story. And 
and I just shared a little bit because it was um, uh, an event for single moms in college. Um, so I talked a lot about that, but I've never really come out and talked about, you know, my life story and what God's done in my life. And so I just jumped to the opportunity. And then as I was thinking through my life, I was like, what have I signed up for? <laughs> Why did I do this? This is really hard. I just have all the respect for people that do this for a living because I am shaking right now. So a little bit about me. I grew up in a small town in Georgia, um, Carrollton. I'm one of four kids. I, you know, am a middle child. I'm a true middle child. Very, very much uh, in the middle of the action. Uh, slightly bossy. Um, one thing I said to my um, dad one time was, um, you're not the boss of me. And I learned, oh boy, I learned. <laughs> that was not the case. So um, yes, but I, I definitely have a very energetic spirit. Um, when I was a baby, even my parents talk about, how, they called me chuckles because I chuckled, like laughed. And I never understood that really until now I have a, a seven-month-old and she chuckles like all the time. I'm like, I'll walk in her room and she's in her crib and I'll say, what are you doing? And she'll just turn away and she'll just giggle, giggle, giggle. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I get it now. Like I must have just been like giggly, giggly, giggly. And that's really how I am. Very excitable person. Always just loved, love life. In kindergarten, so a little bit about my fashion background. So I was I was a little bit extra. I uh, I wore sparkly red shoes to kindergarten every single day, and I did not ever match. I have no idea why people accept fashion advice from me at this point in time because literally never matched in my life. And honestly, like I mean, the teachers would talk about how bad my outfits were, like among, and then my my mom would hear about it because like I refused to match. I was I don't have to match is what I would tell my mom. I don't have to match. Kindergarten me said I don't have to match, and you know I had long hair, a lot of hair, always messy, always tangled. I always had a headband. I push my hair back and push my sleeves up, and I was I mean you can just imagine I was full of energy, busy, hair everywhere, bows, all the things. So that's a little bit about you know me as a kid. When I was six years old, I remember that my, you know, seeing my mom have a quiet time in the mornings. And I remember coming and sitting with her during her quiet time early one morning. I had woken up super early that morning and I just liked to snuggle with her and sit with her while she was, you know, reading the Bible. And, you know, we had a little talk that one morning. I just remember, you know, she, she told me about Jesus and I, we talked about heaven and I remember saying, I want to go to heaven, you know, I want Jesus in my heart. And so we prayed the prayer and that was the moment that I, you know, accepted Jesus into my heart and I remember it. So that's really kind of where my like beginnings with God were, but it wasn't until like much later in my life that I really felt like I got to know God and that he came in to infiltrate my life. I was just very a strong-willed child. A couple other things, you know, to give you a picture of who I am. My mom called me the queen of the Barbie dream house because I love to decorate my Barbie dream house. I would decorate it. I have the outfits, the Barbies. I even like made some bridesmaids dresses for my Barbies one time because they didn't have any that you could go buy. I had to like set up the Barbie wedding and have the bridesmaids dresses and bake little cupcakes for the wedding cake. It was insane. 
I just always have been like that. I've always loved just, you know, imagining one day what my house would look like and just uh, loving all the pretty things. As a tween, I remember... I I know I drove my mom crazy because I begged her, can I please paint my room? I just want to decorate and paint my room. And so she allowed me to, and of course I picked the most subtle of colors, like lime green, (laughs) purple, all the limited too. I had an inflatable chair. I mean, y'all can picture this. Like, I mean, I was all about my funky room. And so these are kind of just the beginnings of like what, you know, who I was, what, You'll see where this is going, but, you know, in high school, I drove her, my mom even more crazy because when I had a school project, I would go to Hobby Lobby, spend $129 of her money on stickers and <laughs> glitter and letters and all those things, and I was determined I was going to get an A++ on that project, and I would have it decorated to the nines, like... And I would get an A, usually an extra A plus plus, if that's even a thing, for creativity. But then I wouldn't do my homework, and I wouldn't clean my room. Very just in my own world. I don't know. Not a very not a very disciplined child. Very ADD. And in high school, uh, I also, you know, I was never. I never felt like I was ever the prettiest girl. I never felt like I was ever the best dressed. I don't. I was not homecoming queen. I was not like everyone's favorite, but I was, I did have a little bit of a, you know, leadership side. I I actually was class president when I was sophomore year in high school, and I loved it because I got to tell people what to do, and I was in charge. Like, I was like, I'm going to be a leader because, like, I can't be the prettiest, not the smartest, but I'm going to be a leader. So, sophomore year of high school, then, you know, I was a competitive cheerleader, I was very, had a lot of pressure on me to be perfect. I put that pressure on myself to be perfect all the time. And and so when I would make a mistake, it was like I would get so down on myself because it was like I felt like such a disappointment. And there is a theme in my life of just feeling like I'm not good enough, you know, I'm not enough. And so that started coming into play. And when I went to college, I went for, I wanted to be in film and television. So big surprise. Like I want to do something really crazy, like be in film and television. Like who wants to do that? So I, you know, I went to art school, went to Savannah College of Art and Design. And I, you know, I was determined to kind of like have this creative career. And so kind of got stopped in my tracks. Like I ended up getting pregnant in college. That was the moment that I really felt like, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit and say, like in high school, after that sophomore year of feeling like loving kind of whatever, having a great year, to some things happening involving making bad decisions, like going out, trying to fit in, feeling like, I think I felt excluded a lot of times because I did feel like I had a calling on my life to do something with my life. And I wanted to please the Lord and I wanted to be a good Christian girl. But a lot of times that doesn't make you friends, you know? And so it's hard to fit in when you feel like you're the goody goody, you know? And so kind of went down a different path my junior year of high school. And that's really the moment that I, you know, when I started getting into alcohol and boys and making decisions like that, 
is really what sent me into this beginning cycle of like depression. And from growing up being such a happy, excited person, it really was a dramatic difference and change in me where for years, starting at that point in high school, I was just sad a lot of the time and felt so empty and even felt these feelings of just not good enough, like never enough, can't always do everything right, making the mistakes. I just felt so much shame. And so in college, you know, I had a baby. I ended up pregnant. I had a baby. My daughter, Molly Kate, who is now 14 years old and is an amazing person, the greatest gift that I've ever received because I was so lost. I think as much as I wanted to do something with my life, I was also very just trying to, you know, trying to serve two gods. It's like I was trying to live in the world and serve the God of fitting in and being likable and all that stuff instead of serving the Lord and what he wanted for my life. And so I found myself in that place and I really thought that I had screwed up my life. I thought that I was never going to recover. I thought that no one would ever want me because like no man would ever want someone who, you know, had messed up that their life like that and ended up a single mom. And then, so I ended up getting married. Another lesson learning, trying to find my own way and make my own way. I ended up getting married and it didn't work out. And that's really all I can say about it. But it was devastating when I had to get a divorce. And I think that that was the moment that I really felt like broken. I was married for a year and I was at that point a single mom in college again and I was finishing up my degree so I my daughter was about three four she was four and I've I graduated from college miracle of God because I literally don't know how I made it through those days I just remember I didn't sleep a lot and I had a lot of help but getting out of that situation I graduated got a job. I moved in with my parents and it was like, I mean, I was just, that was rock bottom for me. I, I just felt like such a disappointment and I, it was never part of my plan. You know, I never wanted to have that label of being a divorced person. Like that was never, I imagined my Barbie wedding. I had the dream wedding and the dream life and the dream house and it was not working out that way. And I just felt like I messed up so much that I could, I could just never recover. And so God started rebuilding me and the point I can pinpoint now when he started and what happened was, so I moved in with my parents. They were kind of picking up these broken pieces of my life and they said, hey, you know, there's this really great church in Birmingham. It's Church of the Highlands, a lot of young people. I think they were thinking that like maybe I'd like meet my future husband there because they were like, there's a lot of young people that go. <laughs> and I was like, mm, okay, I do need like a, like a Christian guy to marry. But um, so I, I started going and it was like the second service that I went to. I remember it was like during January. They do this like 21 days of prayer. The message was brand new. And I remember sitting in that service and thinking, like hearing Pastor Chris say, God wants to not just like 
put back your pieces and like glue them back together, make you into a like DIY, he didn't say that, but I'm thinking DIY version of like your former self putting put back together. But he wants to actually make you brand new, like actually like rebuild you and make you into a new creation. And he can do that. And I remember thinking, that is what I need. That's what I want and what I need because I'll never be the same after all of that I've been through. I mean, I cannot tell you the shame, the feelings of shame and worthlessness that I felt in that time in my life. I just never thought, I just never thought that I would be able to please the Lord, able to please my family, anybody. I just never thought I would be able to recover recover from that. And the Lord met me in that moment. I'm going to make you brand new. And I surrendered. That was the moment that I surrendered my life to God. And, you know, there's just so many hard days that I walked through um, with my daughter where I just thought, God, I'm just so alone. You know, I'm so alone. And even after that moment of asking him to make me brand new, it was walking through a season of single motherhood that was just so hard. And not only was it hard because I was a single mom, but it was also hard because he was doing so much work in me. And that just feeling of, I'm doing this by myself. Help me, please just get me out of this. And it was financially stressful. It was just the hardest thing I've ever done. I had to keep going. You know, you have a a baby you're trying to take care of. At that time, she was, you know, elementary school school student. You know, you just put one foot in front of the other sometimes. And it just feels like this, I can't see the end to this. Like, I just can't. I'm like, who's going to want me? Like, I'm not even, you know, a good person. I just thought it wasn't lovable. Thank God for Molly Kate, because I don't know where I would be if it weren't for her. It was like she was exactly, God knew exactly what I needed. And he he gave me the most beautiful daughter with the most beautiful spirit. And she is just such a wonderful girl inside and out. And honestly, just got me through so many days. Just her smile and her love and her hugs and all of those things. There was a couple of moments that, you know, I had with God that were really really impactful for me. And I think it's, we all have like this history with God, right? We all have these certain moments where he really just speaks to us and these tender moments with him. And I feel like, you know, I think about my history with him and what were those moments. And one of them I remember, so shortly after I started going to Highlands, I I got into a life group. Well, they call them freedom groups now. They used to be called life groups. That stands for living in freedom every day. I knew that was the group that I needed because I was like, I need to be free from this shame. I need to be free from this depression. I need to be free from this hurt. And so I went through this group. I had the most amazing leaders. Like they literally, like there were times when the rest of the group would leave at the end of the night and I would lay on the floor sobbing and just saying like, can God even love this? Can God even love this about me? I would tell them all the things that I was dealing with from my past and the mistakes that I made, the choices that I made. And they were like, yes, he really can. He really does. And, you know, they just would sob with me and pray, pray over me. 
And then there was at the end of the life group, there's this retreat, this like conference. It's kind of like a conference, like a two day thing where you come and you listen to speakers. And then like at the end, you receive prayer for all these different things. And so it really like targets just these different things that you're dealing with in your life. And one of the main things, you know, I've dealt with so much was shame, just feeling worthless. And I remember getting prayer for that. And I remember the lady that prayed for me. She said, the Lord wanted me to tell you that he sees you. He has heard the prayers that your mother has spoken over you since before you were born. And he wants you to know that he is fulfilling those prayers and he has got you. Like, he's got you. And so I I didn't even know what that meant. So I went home and I said, Mom, what prayers did you pray over me since before I was born? And so... And she said, well, I prayed for your life and for your health and for your future husband. And in this season of single motherhood, that was it. I was like, God sees me. Like, God sees me in my loneliness. He sees me as in my single motherhood. He knows that what I'm dealing with. And he, he used some stranger to speak that to me that doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about my life, but he knew that's what I needed to hear to get me through. And he, gosh, he does that. Like he does that in the most beautiful of ways. Just it's like he sees us, you know. Another moment that I had with God was, you know, I used to have, I still do sometimes, but God speaks to me in dreams. And I love that God speak, speaks to us in all these creative ways because, I mean, I feel like it's very individualized to the person. And I've never heard God out loud. I've never heard, you know, but I, I I feel like he speaks to me in dreams. And there are certain dreams that I've had where I've woken up and I'm like, whoa, I need to write this down. This was an interesting dream. And I'll be pondering on it a few days after that and thinking, what's God trying to say to me? Well, this was one of those dreams. And I just remember I was walking through this house okay and i felt like jesus was there with me like in like the man of jesus was walking with me in this house and it was like the front of the house was beautiful entryway looked like a designer home i mean like everything was just perfect and pristine and just gorgeous i don't think i've ever even been in a house like that it was just beautiful. And then I were walking through and I'm just looking around kind of like in, in awe of everything. And we get back to the, the back of the house and in the back, it's like, I think we're walking into the kitchen, but I can't really tell because everything is gutted. The walls like have been taken down. The, the flooring has been ripped up. The electrical has been ripped out. Like it's gutted. There's nothing in there, just bones. And that was the dream, but that was like, for me at that moment, a picture of what God was doing in my life. It's like, he gave me this picture of chapel. Like, this is where we're going. I've got this plan for you. I've got this master design for you, this house. And, but this is what we're going to have to go through. And we're, it's taking time. I mean, it's rewiring your mind that the electrical wires being ripped out made me think, He's rewiring my thoughts, like helping me see myself different, helping me think different, just ripping things out that were just 
gunk. And he just gave me hope in that moment, knowing like, I've got a plan. Like I've got a design for this. I've got a plan. And that just, that hit me because it, you know, it spoke to me in my language. Oh, okay. I can breathe a sigh of relief knowing like God, he has this, like he's got every detail. And in that front part of that house, let me tell you, like every detail was there. It was just gorgeous. And I, so I think of myself in my life like that is that he's so patient with us. Like it takes Sometimes it takes a while to work through pain and it takes a while to work through trauma and the things that we've been through, but he's loving us all along the way. And he definitely showed me that. And so another thing that really brought me kind of healed me, I should say, this was a process of healing, right? But like just worshiping, just worshiping. Worship healed me. Hearing the songs of God's love for me healed me. And one song lyric that I really stuck out to me as I thought about this was, it's by a song by Stephanie Gretzinger called Out of Hiding. And it goes, Because I loved you before I, you knew it was love. And I saw it all, but I still chose the cross. And that was my life. It was like, he loved me. Before I even knew what love was, before I was even born. And he saw all of my mistakes and he saw all my troubles and he still chose to die for me. That's love. That's real love. And I got broken free from so much shame. And let me get to the good part now. <laughs> let, me, let me get to the good part because this is the best part is that. My daughter introduced me to my husband. I would never have talked to him. I promise you, I would. I do not give gentlemen the time of day, usually. And at this party we were at, she was adamant. At, she wanted to, it was for the well house. It was a fundraiser for the well house, which is an anti-human tra- trafficking organization. And he was on the junior board. And he was there hosting, and she was adamant about, he, she wanted a caffeine-free Diet Coke. And he was, like, serving, you know, drinks and stuff for the guests. And she, I don't think she understood that this was, like, not his house, and he was just, like, a host there. Because she was like, where is my caffeine-free Diet Coke? And um, he was like, I, he was like, who's this little girl? <laughs> and why is she? And so, and he ended up diverting, and he, so smart, he was like, how about, do you want to buy a raffle ticket? for the iron bowl and it like totally distracted her and then she gets all excited and brings me over there anyways end up speaking with him that night and I literally would never probably have ever had a conversation with him otherwise but now we are married and he (laughs) who would have thought and he is such a loving husband and like God has redeemed every part of my story I wish I could go through just how bad that really was, just so you could see the glory of what he's done in my life. Um, but there's not even enough time to even go through it all. But I can just tell you that today, today on the other side of it, like he has brought so much joy back into my life. I have three very goofy kids and they all are chuckles, chuckleheads. <laughs> like they love to laugh. It is so much fun. And, you know, he's just... He's just so funny how he works, God. I mean, he, 
my husband and I, we have renovated two homes. We're on our second home renovation. And it's still, I'm still learning about the Lord and myself through these experiences and the things that he's having us do. But it's really cool to see the transformation. And so that's why I started my Instagram account is because like, I just wanted to share like kind of the projects, the projects I was working on, you know, like the Hobby Lobby projects that I'm working on, um, trying to get A++ on still, no. <laughs> um, no, I feel like, really, my house is so messy, and it's still literally, I'm the same person. I'm the same person. Still not cleaning up my room, but working on a kitchen renovation. It makes total sense. It's really cool to see. So that's what my Instagram account's about. I still, I have to, like, get my older sister to, like, can you tell me, like, tell me what to buy? I really don't feel like I'm a fashion blogger because I really don't even know what to wear most days. I'm, like, still asking my older sister what to wear. But really, this whole thing was just, like, born out of, you know, wanting to share, like, what we were doing to our house and all that stuff. And so I'm just so grateful I get to do something creative and, like, share, you know, some things that I love to do. And it's just been, it's so much fun. And my life is, like, peaceful now. And that, that's just like such a gift. I just love my children. And one thing I just, you know, I think needs to be said is just that God loved me when I was six years old and when I was giving my heart to him. And he loved me when I was 20 and I was giving birth to my daughter and I was scared out of my mind about raising a child. And he loved me when I was 25 and sobbing on the floor about how heartbroken I was and alone. And he loved me when I was 28 and met my husband. And and he loves me now after becoming a mom of three and still messing up every day. He still loves me. And that's how he loves all of us. He looks at us in a way that we could, we would never look at ourselves. He only sees the beauty. He only sees that beautiful home that he's creating in you. And he's not even worried about the electrical and the things that he's, you know, fixing and tweaking. Like he just loves us. And that's just so beautiful and freeing to think about. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful, you know, for what I went through because I can, you know, encourage others today and know that there is an other side to get to the other side of that. And so one verse I just wanted to share before I close is just Isaiah 61 has spoken to me and it still speaks to me, but it says to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. For they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Of his splendor. And in in verse 7, it says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of dishonor, they will rejoice in their lot. And so I am just so thankful. Thank you all so much for hearing me out today and hearing my story. I'm grateful that God freed me from shame. He He has given me a new life, and I'm just grateful to be able to share that with y'all. And, you know, I just know that without the suffering, I would not know how beautiful God really is. And I'm so grateful, you know, to have walked through what I have and to get to the other side and to, you know, we'll always have troubles and we'll always have hardships in this world. We just will. But just knowing that God is there for you and he's the designer of your house, of you and your life. And he just 
loves you so much is that's that's my testimony so You know, one of the things that Chapel said in her story that I had to write down, and honestly, I need to put it on my bathroom mirror, is that God loved her at all stages of her life. So often, Robin, you speak about this, how many storytellers want to erase, you know, yeah. periods of their yeah. life and wish that they never happened. But guess what? God loved you in that. And I need to hear that as well sometimes, that God yeah. loved me in those years that I continually turned my back on Him, that I didn't choose you know, what He wanted me to do, that I chose my selfishness and what I wanted to do. He loved me when I was sitting in the shame of all of that, just like Chapel uh, you know, referenced. Of just He loved her through all of those moments, and He can use all of that for good. And really, that just really spoke to me out of her story as well. I agree. And just the reminder that we're not just a bunch of broken pieces. I mean, yes, we are glued back together, certainly. But that whole concept of, no, you are a new creature. Mm-hmm. It says it in the Bible. We reference the the scripture in Second Corinthians. But just remembering that because of what Christ has done, we are a new creature mm-hmm. through him in him. And yeah. there's freedom that comes from that. You know, her picture of taking the house and yes. being the renovation. When I was coaching on her story before she shared, that word jumped out at me when she was just talking about her story, the word renovation. And I was like, isn't it so like the Lord to take something that you're passionate about, that you're gifted in? That's where she is today. Mm-hmm. You know, they've renovated their own home and she has an Instagram page that details all of that and what it's looked like. How like the Lord to use that word and give you that picture long before you ever get to that space to say, I am renovating you to make you that new creation. And lo and behold, that's that's what spoke to her heart. That's what connected to her. She got it. She loved beautiful things. She loved girly things. She was doing Barbie dream houses at an early age. (laughs) And listen, if you go to her Instagram page, you are going to see that. (laughs) And we do have her Instagram linked at the bottom of the show notes for that as well. You know, another thing she spoke so much about, Robin, and you could probably speak into this a little bit, was the Freedom Bible Study that she went through at Church of the Highlands, which has locations all over the state of Alabama and in Georgia. But some people might not be familiar with that. Yeah, you know, and you're going to hear a lot of our storytellers in the past talk about finding freedom in the Lord. And this was something that my husband and I led for several years at church, but also that chapel experienced and walked through is really just finding freedom in the Lord. You hear us say it. What does that mean? That is truly going from religion and knowing about God to relationship and knowing him, knowing that your past knowing that everything you've experienced, that you may not feel worthy of his love, that all that is erased and he loves you. It, it goes right back to what you said at the beginning, Katie, yeah. that that he loved you through all of it and he loves you now no matter where you are and being able to release all of your past and, and truly walk in freedom, not carrying those burdens. Mm-hmm. Well, and y'all know that one of the values and purposes that we have as storytellers ministry is to see women growing in their faith as they move from religion to relationship. And, and that was one of the the prompts, the catalysts for writing the Stories of Freedom That's Bible right. Study. Yeah. 
that we offer. Yeah, yeah. So we offer, you know, as, as most of you know, we offer two uh, Bible studies in the When God Shows Up series. The second one is Stories of Freedom. And honestly, you can go through that on your own and really learn what freedom in Christ looks like. It walks you from the first week of, of just freedom in Jesus Christ all the way through freedom in surrendering your story, surrendering your past to Him, and then even freedom in, in forgiving others and walking in humility all the way up into the freedom that we have because our hope is found in heaven. So it walks you all the way through all of those. If you're interested in that, you can always go to our website, storytellerslive.org, um, click on the Bible study tab up at the top, and that will take you directly to ordering the Bible study if you're interested in that. Well, y'all, thank you so much for listening. We hope you loved Chapel Story as much as we did and that you found as much hope in it as we clearly found. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We love when you share our stories. If you want more information on any of our podcast episodes, storytellers, all the things happening around here, you can just join our email list. It's so easy. Go to our website at storytellerslab.org and sign up and you can get all the information that's happening around here regularly. So we will talk to you next week. We hope you have a great week. Bye.